Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution, Major League Soccer, and the U.S. National Team on WNRI AM 1380. And streaming live on the internet at WNRI.com. Brought to you by Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now, Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined today in studio by Adam Sell. Uh, busy week for the Revolution on Tuesday uh, in the Super League of Final taking on the Houston Dynamo. The Revs uh, got played to a 2-2 draw uh, through extra time and then won on penalty kicks. Uh, and then more recently, last night, they played the Chicago Fire in league action, their first league game in well over a month, um, and lost 2-1. So uh, mixed, mixed week for the Revs as far as results. Obviously the bigger game being the Super League of Final. Um, and a big win there to take home that trophy. And then the disappointing result against Chicago. Uh, we'll get to the Chicago result later. Got a lot on that, but we're going to start off talking about the Super League final. Um, g- great performance um, over overall towards the end there. It started off looked really sloppy. I didn't think the Revs were going to, you know, get anything out of, out of that match. Um, I believe it was just the the 13th minute I think that um, Houston scored their goal. Yeah, oh, actually the 18th minute. Nate Jaqua scoring, and then Steve Rawson tied it up in the 41st. But really, Houston could have had several more goals in that first half uh, if not for Matt Reeson for. A, um, some poor finishing. They absolutely could have. The defensive line, especially in the first half, that looked a particularly porous uh, performance on the part of the Revolution, but they really seemed to buckle it down in the second half, and I didn't see a whole lot of chances between the beginning of the second half and the end of the second half. Once we got to overtime, all bets were off, but in the second half, the Revs' defense really stood up. Yeah, Igwe should be, Michi Igwe should be called out for his performance there, I think. Um, on, the, on the first goal with the I don't know what he was trying to do with a back heel to nobody, giving it right to Jaqua. And then just about a minute later, same type of thing. Jaqua stole the ball from um, from Igwe and then passed it to Ching. And Ching should have finished, but actually hit off the post. And that's the only thing that kept it from being 2 to nothing. So uh, Igwe's performance wasn't so great. Of course, we should mention the Revs were without Jay Heaps, um, who was suspended um, for a red card he received after the game against Atlante in the semifinal. And then Michael Parker, who's away at the Olympics. Uh, we'll talk a little about that later as well. Um, but... Really, the Revs there, uh, Igwe let, letting his team down, playing at the center back, and not obviously not his best position, but didn't look too good. <laughs> he did, and obviously it was a makeshift back line comprised of Albright, excuse me, Albright, Tierney, and Igwe there in the center. And Igwe isn't a center back, so I'm going to give him as much credit as I can for playing out of position in a cup final as effectively a rookie who didn't get any time last year. He's really playing in some of his first competitive matches this season. So yeah, he looked he looked. Quite poor in the first half there, especially with, um, I want to say that that back heel pass was a little cheeky, little flick to try and turn around and maintain possession to play it upfield, but he should have just let it go to Reese, who was calling from it from the perspective that I saw. Yeah, I don't know if there was a lack of communication, but somebody probably should have told him there was a man coming, uh, whether or not that happened. But again, that's possibly a product of being unfamiliar back line with you know, just guys thrown back there. Uh, the runner, once again, did a pretty good job uh, besides Igwe, but um, I-, I think he worked a lot better with Heaps than they semifinal. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in the the Open Cup going forward, uh, who actually plays in that one. Uh, But again, continuing busy schedule. Um, Going into overtime in this game, uh, Kai Kamara scored. This time, the the fault could be blamed on Matt Reese, who uh, I think called Igwe off the ball on that one. Looked like he was going to get it. Uh, Kamara jumped in front of him uh, and headed into the back of the net. Absolutely, and it's very unlike Matt Reese to not follow through on the jump when he goes up for a ball. I seem to remember Aleko Eskandarian taking a knee to the head on a play not too dissimilar from that one. And on this one, he went up for it, and he never put his hands up to actually punch the ball or catch it. So Kamara had an easy shot there. And from the view from the forward, it sure looked like it was going to be a third time, third time's the charm for Houston there. Yeah, up in the press box, it seemed like that way too, looking at this game. But Shari Joseph... Who was, been, who was amazing throughout the Super League tournament on these free kicks. Nobody could defend against them. Came through again, uh, 102nd minute. Um, all three of his goals off Steve Ralston free kicks. Um, three goals in three games and buried in the back of the net. Tied it up for the Revs uh, really just three minutes later. So it was 
great turnaround for the Revs there, and certainly it seemed like it changed the emotions in the stadium. Absolutely. It was fantastic, and it's also coming from someone we don't normally associate with goal scoring from that midfield position. We normally associate Shalry Joseph with the playmaking position, but not somebody who's on the other end of the crosses. And it was interesting. He almost had one last night, too, uh, that went just a little over the bar. So he's he's really connecting well with Ralston on these free kicks, and I think people now, after three games, would know to you know who, who needs to be marked in these, but... Um, still able to do that, so it'll be interesting to see going forward if that continues. Um, we'll, again, we'll talk a little bit more about the Chicago game, so he will be sitting out uh, a game after a red card he received there, but we'll save that for later. I do want to get to some of the, the clips we have here, but first a little bit about the shootout. Um, it went to eight rounds. Um, Matt Reese missed the penalty kick the second round. It looked like that might, did give Houston an edge there, but then he went and saved the next two penalties. Uh, people talk about, you know, bad to have a goalkeeper take a kick because if he misses, it's going to you know, hurt his confidence. Uh, if there's one thing there, you know, Matt Reese made a mistake on that on that goal for Houston, you know, made a mistake on his penalty, but, you know, he didn't let it get to him, and he went there and then saved the next two penalties that, you know, really put the Revs in a good shape going forward in the shootout. And if I'm not mistaken, the people whose penalties he saved were arguably Houston's best shooters. De Rosario and Ching, I think, was the yeah. second penalty who he saved. So I, it's it seems like it would be an extremely difficult task to rattle Matt Reese. Yeah, certainly there. And then uh, Connell Smith had a chance to win it for him. Uh, you know, scored a great penalty, uh, I believe, in the group stages against Pachuca, where, you know, Nickel didn't even want him taking it, but it was actually a very well-taken penalty there. And he actually takes the penalty kicks from Muta, so he stepped up for the fifth kick. Not something we've seen in the past, as you know, we saw in MLS Cup against Houston when the Reds went to penalties. Smith wasn't, you know, wasn't even there when they went through, what was it, six or seven penalty takers there. Um, but, you know, he stepped up, had us saved, uh, and then really followed through everyone making their goals until finally Corey Ash had a shot that went off the crossbar. I'm not sure if Reese touched it. The replays, you know, looked like he might have, looked like he might not have, but uh, whatever happened there, that gave the Revs the win and, you know, gave him the Super League a trophy. The replays were inconclusive on that as well. From what I could tell, I saw that a couple times, but I don't think anybody's going to be complaining about the manner in which the shot missed the goal. No, cer- certainly not, but uh, however it happened, Reese was in good position, too, on that one, too, so you got give give him some credit for that. Uh, the Revs winning there, and I believe uh, the MVP went to Charlie Joseph, I believe, um, for the night, but regardless, Charlie Joseph was a great did, did a great job for the Revs throughout the Super League, and I think he's easily the Revs MVP for this tournament. Absolutely, and he certainly acquitted himself very well. And if he's uh, got any of the same thoughts that Taylor Twelman supposedly does about still wanting to go abroad, I think Charlie Joseph might have brought a bit more attention on himself through his performance in yeah, this tournament. Certainly, certainly possible from how well he played. Uh, again, I, we do have some clips from this uh, post game comments. And I guess we'll start off with Steve Nichol and what he thought of the Revs' performance and you know, on winning the Superliga. God just said he hopes uh, he gets to play one more time against you, and that would be the NLS final. I uh, think that's in the cards. Could be in the cards. I certainly hope so. Um, you know, obviously when we're sitting there coaching during the game, it's 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 hard to tell how good or how bad it is sometimes. But certainly, I felt that some of the play was was excellent tonight, and I'm sure it must have been uh, exciting to watch. And if we, can, if we can get a game like that in the MLS Cup final between the two teams, then I would vote for that as well. you happy to see the passion out there by both teams? I can't say I'm surprised, you know. Um, you know, both teams kind of mirror each other as far as that's concerned. You know, great professionals to a man. All they want to do is win the game, you know. Um, and they'll do everything to win the game uh, and do it in the correct manner. I think at the end of the game you saw, you saw the respect between the two teams. You know, they had the class to, to congratulate every one of us, um, and that's the way it should be. Can you talk about the first half, Steve, and just kind of the back and forth there of that first half? Yeah, I think I think first half we played some great stuff. You know, I think that's as good as we've played all season. Um, and and the worrying thing is when you don't capitalise on it, uh, it generally can come back and bite you in the backside. You know, they they certainly finished stronger than we did, uh, but I think a lot of that was to do with it. You know the effort we put in as far as playing, and you know they defended well. And so when when you're defending well and the team's putting a lot of energy in, come the end of the game it, it kind of tells. Um, you know we obviously gave them two two terrible goals, which you can't do to a team like this. You know we've gotten away with it tonight, but certainly we can't. We have to get rid of that. But you know forget that we, we won the game. So. Talk about the resilience here of this team. I mean you went behind as you said every three times, especially going into overtime when you got when they got that goal. Team back every time. Yeah, I mean it's huge. Uh, again, we shouldn't be surprised. You know, our, our boys pride themselves on on their commitment and their passion to the game and each other, uh, and that was that was really what got it through. You know, they've 
they've backed each other up tonight and run the extra mile for each other, and, and that's what's that's what's got us the result at the end of the day. So I, I can't say enough about the about the quality and the the character of the players. Again, that was uh, Revs head coach Steve Nichol uh, really talking about the resiliency. It was kind of the opposite of uh, MLS Cup 2006, where the Revs you know went ahead in overtime and then gave one right back. So uh, maybe adding a little bit to the to the revenge factor there. Uh, to see the Revs come back in kind of a similar fashion there and then go on to win in penalties, similar to that match. It's nice to think about that after the fact, but at the moment it was certainly one of the most ulcer-creating games I have ever been to in my history as a Revs fan. That goes back quite some time now. Yeah, you know, the Revs never seem to make it easy on themselves in these in these final games, whether they're winning or losing. They seems to go down to the wire, but uh, I, I think the Revs fans will take it any way they can get, <laughs> take this championship any way they can get him at this point. Exactly. We, as a Revs fan, it's really just as simple as we want the silverware. We don't care how we get it. We just want it. Just put it in the case, and we'll try not to think about it for a while. And we also got the talk, chance to talk to Jeff Lerunowitz, who, as I, we mentioned earlier, started at center back in this game uh, instead of his usual position at defensive midfield. Of course, he did play center back in college and for the reserves his first year here, but uh, we talked to him about playing in that position and you know, winning the Superliga. I think the whole game was intense. I mean, the the pace was unbelievable. I mean, I've been watching the MLS for probably 10 years, and I think that that was one of the best games that I've ever seen. You know, being in the back, I can say that I watched it because, you know, I wasn't in the, in the thick of it. But um, the pace was good, and, and, you know, Houston are a great team, and they kept coming at us. But, uh, you know, it, it took eight penalty shots to, to finally settle it. So I think that says a lot about both teams. You talk about the resiliency of this team today, I mean, went behind twice and then went behind the penalties too and came back. I think we had our, you know, our eye on the prize, you know, so to speak. I think that we've been down before and we've been up in finals and uh, I think that this was the first year that, you know, we really decided that we wanted to win it. I mean, above all else, we were at home, we were in front of our own fans. The fans were unbelievable tonight, so I think that was, was probably the extra push that we needed to get us over the top and to get those goals back. You no, know, it wasn't the MLS Cup final, but what does it mean for the team to beat Dynamo? They're a great team. I mean, it didn't matter who we played. We wanted to win the game. But um, as far as the Dynamo goes, I mean, they're they're great champions. They're MLS Cup champions two years in a row. And uh, to beat them just says a lot, you know, regardless of the last two years, you know, and, and how we fared in the, in the finals. I think that they're just a great team. And... and uh, for us to go out there and, and to show the resiliency that we did and to, to continue continue on when we went down is it's just you know, it says a lot about this team. Nice to see the sportsmanship at the end after the semifinals. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, we know them. They know us. You know, there's there's no bad blood. The only bad blood is is revolves around the ball itself. You know, we're not we're not going at each other's necks. We're going to try and put the ball in the net and that's that's what it comes down to. And and we respect them. You know, very, you know, a lot, and 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 they they us. So it showed, I think, tonight. You know, there were no bad fouls. Obviously, the referee had control of the game, and and, and we just went out and played hard, and they did too. And that was great to see, as you mentioned, at the end of the game. Um, you know, they exchanging the jerseys. None of the none of the ridiculous stuff that we saw at the end of the semifinal match, and really at the end of both semifinal matches. Houston's uh, match against Pachuca as well. Um, you know, a lot of fighting there. That really needless and unnecessary so it was great to see how this game ended you know tough hard fight game but no bad blood between the teams at the end of the match absolutely it was a very classy move on both teams part especially in the wake of their uh, deal that was announced earlier in the day or earlier in the week that they were going to exchange excuse me uh they were going to share the purse of the money that was awarded to the players between all of the players for both teams regardless of which team won so while we were watching it from the fort it was uh Amusing to think that the picture on MLSnet.com was going to be of Revs players wearing orange jerseys lifting a trophy, but it was it was a very classy move. And we actually talked to Matt Reese after the game too, and he uh, had you know talked about why they decided to share the you know the eventual prize to the champions there, and you know that some of that was because of uh, they didn't want any of this rough stuff happening at the end, where maybe if the money was on the line, there would have been more aggression, and you know. But at the same time, I don't think we would have seen that from Houston because we've seen these two teams play in finals before, and. You, you know, upset at the end, but obviously not going to be getting into this ridiculous fighting that we've seen um, from the two Mexican teams that they played in the semifinals. But we do have Reese's comments on on uh, that now. Uh, you call take the penalty, or was? Uh... Yeah, no. Normally, I'm I'm pretty good at it, but uh, you know, tonight wasn't my night. Uh, Stevie said hit it hard, and I listened to him too much. I should have just toned 
zoned them out like I normally do. Didn't let it get to you though. You went right back and made those two saves. Yeah, no, I mean, the whole night we uh, we went behind the uh, proverbial eight ball and we, we put ourselves in a in a bad spot. But you know, each time we craw- we clawed back and we fought back. And you know, we, you look at our, our our team out there. We had you know qu- quite a few rookies that, that played, and we had quite a few young guys that were out there. And um, you know, to show that much heart is is just uh, amazing. And uh, you know, a true testament to this team. Matt, what were you thinking when the game was going to penalty kicks again? I knew it, you know. I knew it going into the game that it, it was probably going to come down to it. And, um, you know, after a while, uh, it, it looked as, as though that was going to happen. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, that the game has to end like that. But, um, you know, we we fought back every time and, uh, you know, we tied it up and, and we pushed it to that. And, uh, you know, we, we won it in penalties, which is, you know, finally a, a little bit of redemption for us. Can you talk about what the, the splitting the money does? You know, we, we didn't want it to be a, a situation where, uh, you know, we were out there, you know, really kicking the crap out of each other. You know, we, we know that there's, you know, bigger things in, in this year. And, and if they're the league are, are going to add these extra games on, you know, uh, at least make it, uh, you know, fair for us to uh, to have a chance to play for the same thing that the other teams in the tournament are playing for. So, you know, it was a sign of solidarity between uh, both teams and, and all the MLS teams that were in it. Nice change of sportsmanship in this final after what happened to the semifinal. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it was a little bit different game. Uh, you know, you could see everybody pulling each other up and talked about it before the game that we wanted to... Uh, to make sure that everybody is playing for the, you know, for the for the rest of the games this season, and and not getting any injuries in this in this game where you know the, where we're a little disappointed in the in the prize money. But in the in the end, you know what? Every player feels that this tournament's a great tournament, and we're excited to play in these games. And you could see. Even though that we're making half of what every other team, uh, you know, the other teams are making, we still fought just as hard. And that was uh, Revolution goalkeeper Matt Reese on the Super League tournament. Uh, interesting discussion about the money there and, you know, what it means. Um, I, I don't know if the league was necessarily misleading saying there's a million-dollar prize. Um, did I, I think it's ridiculous that they only get 15% of it. I think they get more. But did anyone really expect that the players would be getting 100% of that? By Is that what they thought they were implying by a million dollars? I know that's not the impression that I got from, you know, the league saying there was a million-dollar prize in the line. I'm not so sure I got the impression that the players were going to get 100% of the prize money, but I thought it was going to be a bit more than 15%, maybe even as much as half or two-thirds of the money. But it's like a it's like a badly written headline, the way that they put it out. They didn't come out and say that the players weren't going to be getting all the money at the start, but they didn't make it clear at all. So that's just how it played out, and I'm glad that all of the uh, evidence did eventually come to light and the players did come to a manner that, in which they could rectify it. Yeah, d- definitely. And it's, it's, it's interesting to note that you know, the biggest difference here uh, is not that the, they're not getting 100% of the profit. It's that the league has set what they're getting, where, say, these Mexican clubs, they come in, the team set what they're getting. I know Pachuca, they got 35% of the million dollars, and I think they actually donated to charity. But, of course, these Mexican teams are making a lot more money, the players there, than these MLS teams players are as well and this is more of a preseason tournament for them where this MLS teams you know coming in middle of the season adding extra games there if they get hurt you know you know as as we've heard them say in the past you know this this affects their bonuses that they get for games played and you know and things like that so you hope i believe the collective bargaining agreement is that up at the end of the year or some are pretty soon and you hope that this is resolved you know, without without a big problem at the end of this, because it, it really turned out to be a great tournament. It did, and for some of the players that aren't the most high-profile in Major League Soccer, I mean, Shalry Joseph, Taylor Twelman, their share of the Super League of money isn't necessarily going to do a whole lot, but the players who don't make that kind of money, the Chris Tierneys, the Jeff Lorenowitz, they could probably use that extra few drops in the bucket. Yeah, definitely. The players like that could certainly benefit from it. Uh, we did have the, the other side of the uh, game, too. We got to hear from Dominic Kinnear and what he thought about the match. Uh, he was very gracious and in, in defeat, you know, talking about how good the Revs were and saying that he really hoped that these two teams met up. He said after the match, you know, the first thing that I thought is that we're going to see this team one more time, which would be the MLS Cup final. So interesting to hear from him and you know, what he has to say uh, on that match. Obviously a very, very difficult game. Not the result we wanted. No, not the result we wanted. No, I thought we played good in the first half. Good number of chances. Gave them fits, I think, with Brian and, uh, and Nate. Honestly, we scored off a mistake. I made a mistake at the end of the half to let them back into the game. I think we go in. Obviously, we're feeling a little bit better than we are. One nothing. They were at one one. So um, 
obviously two mistakes are the, are the two goals in the first half. But if you uh, make the mistake close to the half, it's the one you really want to take back. But I thought we did well. Came out in the second half and kept our attacking flow. It was, it was a good. That was a wide open game, actually. I think you saw two teams that the, the field was, was pretty stretched. Um, there was a good attacking play on both sides. Both keepers were, were pretty good tonight. And then Kai sneaks up with a, a good goal in overtime. So, uh, and then they, they reply right away. It's a bad give up goal off, off a set piece. But Shalry's been dangerous on set pieces uh, in this tournament with goals against Chivas, Atlante, and, and then tonight. So, then he goes to the penalties. And I think it's just one of those. It's, um, you know, who, who, uh, who's got the luck and who guesses the right way and who hits the in, on the frame. And tonight was their night. I think it, it went eight. So it just shows you that uh, whenever these two teams meet in, in big games, there's definitely not a lot between the two. So I don't think we disappointed anybody with the with the performance tonight, but either team. And I thought the, uh, the teams uh, showed their unity uh, together uh, before and after the game. Were you surprised at all that uh, no Mexican team made it to the final? Yeah, I think when you look at the, when you look at the first couple of games, in, in, in both groups, uh, I, th- I thought the chance of, of all MLS Cup final or all MLS Super League final um, was pretty good, as I think um, teams were playing well, teams were up for it, and I think we were kind of getting the upper hand at times. Um, obviously, the, the favorites to get to the final from the Mexican side were probably Pachuca and Chivas, and uh, Pachuca almost did, um, and Chivas got knocked out uh, in, in the group stage. So, but I felt that. Um, if any teams were going to go to the final, I felt it was going to be the teams that were playing tonight. I think both teams were hitting good form, very consistent. We're going deep into their bench, and, and the players given opportunities were providing good performances as well. It, it helps to have the games at home, but you still have to win. The, you still have to beat the teams that are in front of you. So, um, so I, w- I wasn't surprised. I thought maybe a Mexican team might get in there. I didn't think two were, and uh, very happy that two MLS teams were the were the last two teams standing. Do you see this as a possible, uh, you know, rematch again uh, in the final this year? Those two teams. Are... Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking that as soon as the game's over, I hope we play them one more time this year, and that and that would be uh, that would be MLS Cup final. I, that's our ambition is to get there. I know it's their ambition to get there. Um, it would be obviously a nice storyline for everybody. So they're a good team. Some great uh, additions: Niasi and Dubé and Monsali have been good players for them this year. I think, you know, it was nice to see our, our two new guys scoring tonight with Nate. And, uh, well, Nate's really not old. just kind of revisit us again. And, and Kai scoring goals. But, yeah, I mean, and you look at teams that have been consistent over the years. And even though we got off to a bit of a rocky start this year, I think we're finding good form. And, you know, I think as long as you get into the playoffs, you give yourself a chance. So let's hopefully uh, we, we make that march to playoffs. And I think New England's in a pretty uh, pretty good position as well. And that was uh, Houston coach Dominic Kinnear on uh, the Super League. Their defeat there in that match, losing to the Revolution on penalty kicks. Uh, you know, interesting to hear you know, how positive he was about you know, his team and the Revs team and how well they played. And put, they really did put on a great game. Though, you know, it was one of the best games that I witnessed in person, uh, certainly at Gillette Stadium. One of the best games, certainly, if not one of the cleanest. I mean, we're, I don't think we're going to have any pretense that it was. Uh, one of the best played games, particularly in the first 30 minutes or so. But it was a very well-played game, and I'm personally rather apprehensive about facing Houston again in another cup final because Tuesday aside, there's still a bit of bad precedent there that we don't really want to revisit. But it would be an interesting match if that were to come to pass. Yeah, as you said, it was a very exciting game. There wasn't there were, there were certainly some mistakes made. Uh, you know, as as Kenny are hinted at, you know, both defenses on the goals could have played better. You know, Igwe obviously making the mistakes and you know Reese not not playing on um, that one goal in particular, not not doing his best because he made some great saves earlier on on you know a, a lot tougher shots than a lot tougher chances than that one. So uh, there were other ones that uh, other goalkeepers probably would have given up that he managed to save. So he, I'd say he had a mixed game, missing the penalty and then saving two. Um, making some big saves and then lending in one that he probably should have had. Absolutely. It was just uh, very peculiar to see Matt Reese not quite as aggressive as we're accustomed to seeing him in that particular play. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting to see. Um, but, again, the Revs got the victory, and that's really, as he said when in his comments, that was you know all that mattered that the Revs got the victory. Uh, we did talk to one other person after that game. This was uh, General Manager Craig Tornberg. Um, get his take on what the team might do with that money. Uh, as well as on the excitement of watching this game and you know and being the man- general manager of this team when they're you know doing so well this year and still still in the hunt for you know they won the Super League and four other possible trophies that they could come up with. Uh, what was the secret to the success tonight? Secret to success is uh, you know both teams played incredibly hard. Uh, a couple of key mistakes, breakdowns that caused some goals, but the goals were well taken. 
And, uh, you know, at the end of it, sometimes it's just good fortune. I think our crowd was spectacular because I, I said this to Houston that maybe if this match has taken place in Houston, you know, with all the sea of, of orange, then maybe those penalties are just a little bit different. But in this particular case, having it at home, that extra point that we got in the in the group phase meant a ton. And, and sometimes you're not thinking about that at the time where you're trying to win those hard-fought points. But the point against you want the secret to success was probably the point we took off Chivas USA on a, on a pretty bad pitch in Fullerton, California. This team showed a lot of resiliency tonight. I mean, they went down three times, uh, including in the penalty kicks, and came back every time. And it seems like a, you know, a lot of teams could have just folded up after going down in overtime. You know, uh, the, you just look at some of the guys that we have, and especially the veteran players, the veteran players like Steve Ralston serving the balls and Shaw Ree getting on the end of them, and just just Chris Albright turning up, and you just look at how they kind of bond, bonded together and banded together. They did a great job. They have a, they have a, a core... Sure, you know, both teams were down a couple of players that would have made the game a little bit different, maybe a few less less errors along the way. But um, I'll tell you, again, you can't say enough about Houston. Houston played a, a great match. They showed resiliency. And it's unfortunate, you know, a final save off the bar that, you know, you're. it's just that close. Winning and losing is sometimes that close. And the teams are pretty evenly matched. I don't think we're, we've dusted off. Houston for this year because they're they're a good side. Any team that has Dwayne Di Rosario is could always be dangerous. This has got to be one of the best matches you know ever between two on the left side. The way it went down, I mean, there were obviously a couple of errors, but a wide open game, a lot of chances on both sides. You know, for the fans that came down, the nine thousand and a half fans that were here was probably spectacular. For the people who were watching this match in both the U.S. and Mexico, uh, and perhaps uh, throughout other countries got treated to an amazing, amazing match. And the thing is, is that both teams played hard, but showed that you can actually play hard and do it within the context of a well-managed match. Uh, the match never lost control, so as a result of that, it was two teams that just played great competitive soccer. And uh, uh, for the fans, it was tremendous. For the executives, it was tremendous. And I think for the players, the players left this knowing that they gave it all on the pitch, and I think that's all that anybody could ever ask for. And, you know, as a manager, what is this prize money? Have you thought about that at all? Or how is that going to help the team? You know, a team that we're a fledgling team, even though we've been at it for 13 years and 14 years. And, and you know, we're, we're not even thinking in those type of terms. This, uh, sure, it's, you know, you hear all the hoopla about the prize money and, and what it means to the players and what it means to the executives or anything else. I assure you that right now all we're thinking about is running a business. Tomorrow morning we all wake up. We know that we're our task is to really deliver the best soccer league that we possibly can here in the United States and then ultimately make it competitive around the world. And I think we've shown that we can make a big step towards that with uh, how the team played. Our club, and I'll, I'll speak on behalf of us in this case, we beat three very, very, very good Mexican teams. And I'm sure that doesn't sit well with a lot of people over in Mexico, but the day has come where after 13 years this team can compete with anybody in this region and in many cases anybody, you know, in many teams throughout the world. Um, it's a growing league. So I'm, I'm more focused on how our brand is positioned than whether or not the money, how the money is being generated and what it's being spent on. We're going to take whatever, I mean, we've, it costs us a lot to put on this tournament. Uh, we're going to recycle some of that money and we're going to try to build this by, by more advertising, by bringing more people into the games, by making sure that we put on the best possible product that we can and to try to sell this league, not only here in the United States, but throughout the world. You mentioned proving yourself against Mexican opposition. Obviously, this is a big win in itself, but great preparation for the Champions League as well. You, you know, one of the teams that we beat was is going to be in the Champions League, and I don't think they like us very much. And, and frankly, if I ask the players right now, I don't think they're very enamored with this club. Um, it's, it really sets the stages for a, for a lot of our fans to come out on, on August 26th when we go down to Trinidad. It's really around the corner, and September 2nd, we're going to have Joe Public here at Trinidad. We're going to play a play-in match for uh, the Champions League and you know this is this is a great opportunity for our our team to get used to the kind of competition some of the kind of hard fouling that takes place in this type of uh, in this type of competitions when you see it internationally it's a no take prisoner kind of league 
and how exciting is it to be managing this team now this year, you know, having won the first tournament here and have you know, three or four more chances at you know, other major trophies this season? It's always been an honor to, to be general manager of this club. You know, in the six years or so now, I, it's just been a, a joy. And, you know, I had a great moment with Jay Heaps and, and even Chris. And, you know, we'll, we'll disagree about things, but uh, this team is is uh, it just means so much to me. And I'm so happy for the Kraft family, and I'm happy for our players, our, especially our veteran players that have, have struggled through uh, some tough times with us, ups and downs. But uh, I can't think enough for the, for the fans that have kind of stuck by this team. Uh, it's just wonderful that the fans come out here and, and see this kind of a show. Uh, again, the people who are part of it, the people who missed it, um, I, I just, uh, I'm sorry you missed it because it was an amazing, amazing night for for the 9,000 and a half people that were here. And that was uh, Rev's general manager, Craig Tornberg. Speaking of uh, the Kraft family and Bob Kraft, he did do a, a drive-by interview, a new take on the mix zone there, driving by his car and stopping for a second to give a brief interview. But fortunately, we couldn't get a good enough audio on that one to play it for you. But uh, basically put the credit to Steve Nichol and the coaching he's done for the Rev. So uh, it's great to see Bob Kraft there um, you know, at the match and then there for the award ceremony. And, uh, really great to see, uh, as I said, great to see the Revs come away with this victory and you know add the second major trophy to their uh, trophy case after the Open Cup last year. Absolutely, and considering he's been to several of the MLS Cup finals that the Revs have participated in, it's nice to see him actually get to raise a trophy for once alongside the coach of the winning team. Uh, we'll give him a lot of credit for being there on that night, considering there was a Patriots game two days after the fact at that stadium for which the excuse me, with the team for which the stadium was built. So I give him all the credit in the world for being there, for being supportive of the team, and for stopping for an interview when he did. <laughs> and we are going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back to talk a little bit more about uh, last night's performance. We haven't gotten to that yet. Uh, little, as again, a disappointing result and you know, kind of a letdown after what we saw on Tuesday. Uh, and then also a little bit about the upcoming games the Revs have, and another semifinal against D.C. United in the uh, Open Cup. But we'll take a quick break here. Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. National Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined in the studio today by Adam Sell. Uh, talks a lot about the Super League final. Now on to the uh, not-so-great performance from the Revs. Um, last night's 2-1 to loss to uh, Chicago Fire. Got off to a great start there. Taylor Twelman getting the start and heading, heading in uh, a Mauricio Castro uh, corner kick in just the third minute. And Revs really seemed in control of this one for really the first 75 minutes until that red card uh, to Shari Joseph, uh, in which he knocked the ball out of Blanco's hand and got a second yellow card. Uh, after the game, talked to Joseph. Joseph said, I will actually play his comments a little bit later, but Joseph said that uh, he thought it was the Revs throwing and that there's no question in his mind it was the Revs throwing, so it was you know trying to take a quick throw, and that was his side of the story. But uh, you know probably not the smartest thing to do, knocking out of Blanco's hand, uh, especially Blanco of all people who knows how to sell a foul. Uh, and, and then... Uh, got the red card there, and that put the Revs in the back foot. And then a cr- crazy long shot by Gonzalo Cigaras, of all people, uh, the defender there for Chicago, 
bounced through Reese's hands and into the net, and then uh, Woman Conde got the final goal, another defender for the two center backs, I believe, for the Chicago Fire scoring the goals. Um, so disappointing end to the, to the Revs game that they really controlled for you know, 75 minutes. It wasn't. And despite Matt Reese's uh, strangely poor performance over the course of the game, he didn't really face any serious challenges until about two minutes before Chicago got their first equalizing goal. From where we were sitting, it looked like the defense was holding up very well. The midfield was holding up very well so that the defense didn't have to do very much behind them. So it was it was rather perplexing to see how quickly it all imploded. Yeah, uncharacteristic of Shari Joseph, for one, to you know take risks like that when he's on a yellow card. And then uh, it's not something at all you expect from Matt Reese and, and that mistake there. So, uh, as you said, uncharacteristic. Um, but the Revs obviously tired from their Super League performance. Still, there was no reason that they couldn't have held out in that game and held out for the for the win there had that red card not happened. Absolutely, and considering the way both teams played, the Revs in the first half and Chicago with their comeback in the second half, I think a 1-1 draw would have probably been the most just result possible. Yeah, and we do have some comments from Nickel after the game. I do want to say before this that I don't think Nickel can really be blamed for this. I think his players made mistakes out there and that you know, caused him the problem. He put a lot of the blame on the referee. Um, part of that, though, is it should be noted that uh, he was told by the players, you know, the players claimed that uh, the second goal was in Reese's hands. He obviously didn't have a good view of that, so I don't think he can be blamed for you know, saying that. I, I don't think it was fully in their hand, in, in Matt Reese's hands, and I think it was a legitimate goal um, based on the replays. But uh, Nickel obviously not happy seeing Joseph go off. Um, thought that it should have been a red card on Cigaras on his tackle in Yossi. I actually agree with him on that one because uh, there was no question that was a re- retaliation foul for uh, what he thought was a foul that Nyasi committed on Blanco there, uh, and really slid in from behind. Didn't look like much of an attempt to get the ball there, so uh, fortunate to escape with the yellow there, but we do have Nichols' comments and what he saw on that play and uh, for the rest of the game. Things look pretty comfortable up until the 70th minute there. Yeah, there's a surprise. I wonder what changed that, eh? Um, you know, there's really two There's two things. Um, as far as as far as far foot, playing football on the field is concerned, you know, we've defended real well today. You know, we had nothing left in the tank after Tuesday. It was always going to be a problem, but we defended well. Really didn't give them too many clear shots at goal. You know, they had they had a lot of the ball, but as I said, com- considering what happened on Tuesday, then that was always to be expected. And then, you know, they do say that you know the best referees you never know they're there. And I guess today you could uh, turn that on its head and absolutely say that what happened with the referee today. Uh, Produced the outcome of the game. Shelby Joseph has been sent off for a second yellow when clearly, clearly he thinks it's earth throwing, which we thought was earth throwing as well, and he sends him off the field for that. When five minutes previously, Cigaris has committed grievous bodily harm on Niasi and has gotten a yellow card. You know, when, when did we change the rules that you can clearly just go for somebody and hit them? And stay on the field. Absolutely no argument about it. You know, we lose a rotten goal, but Matt Reese has produced too many saves over the over the, the course of the time here that you know we can we can we can forgive him. And then the second goal, you know, corner to the players. Matt Reese has the ball in two hands, uh, and somebody slides in, takes it uh, takes it away, uh, and of course the referee doesn't see it. You know, it's two things. You know, Chicago's a, a good team, and they had a lot of possession today, but as you said, you know, at 1-0, we, we didn't look as though we were going to lose a goal. And then the referee intervenes, and uh, today's result is clearly uh, through the actions of, of the referee, and that is not what we want. We want the, we want the, the outcome of games to be, to be judged by players on both teams uh, and not the actions of, of an official. And for me today, the outcome was was because of the decisions the referee made. And the decisions shouldn't have been that difficult. And that was Revolution coach, head coach Steve Nichol on the one, on the match, and his thoughts on you know, kind of blaming it really on the refereeing crew. Uh, I think a little of the blame should fall on the players there for the mistakes they made and you know the lack of the the errors in judgment by, say, Joseph and uh, Reese on that, on that goal as well. So disappointing to see that. 
Um, but again, the Revs still in first place in the East, despite that, with a game in hand on Chicago. Um, but only a point now separates those two teams. So interesting to see how this goes going forward. Chicago sweep the season series against the Revs now, 3-0-0 going against the Revs there. So Chicago seems to have the Revs number this year, no matter how you look at it. Um, we also talked to Taylor Twelman, uh, as we've said, the goal scorer there, making a start after coming back from uh, second, really, second injury of the year, a hip injury. Um, but we had talked to Twelman. He was very happy to get back on the field and what he thought of the match. You get that, uh, I mean, you get the first goal, three minutes. I mean, you haven't started a game all season. And no. You couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better start than that. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a whirlwind, but uh, it was good just to warm up like you're going to play a game. And, uh, you know, I've been on the bench a couple times, but there's nothing like starting. And, um, you know, obviously I thank Stevie for giving me a shot again. You know, obviously I've been out for a while, so it was it was fun. Well, I mean, how did you feel? I mean, it's been it was a while. Right. It's been a while. Finish. You know, I've, well, ironically, the Super League final, I did 65, and I wasn't expecting yeah. for that. But um, it was good. You know, obviously, uh, you know, this off season was a brutal one for me uh, personally. And, um, you know, once you get through that and get your mind right, then it's coming around. But obviously my body's nowhere near 100% yet, and I just hope it cooperates and continues to get there. Yeah, I mean, disappointing for you guys tonight because, yeah. I mean, but it, it's, you've got the game. Well, you got the game in the hand. You're at home. You know, obviously the red card kind of was a stinker. Um, but on the other hand, I think you come off a lull, a lull you know, at the Super League of Final. You know, you, you're ex- not expecting to have your legs, and obviously we didn't have our legs the first half. But, we, again, we still had the lead, and it's unfortunate some of the calls went against us. I mean, there are other concerns for you, too, this month. Obviously, the transfer window is still open. I mean... Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I think when you worry about all the extracurricular crap, yeah. so to speak, uh, you, you know, you, I just I need to take care of Taylor and my family's been doing a wonderful job of doing that. You know, uh, I went through a hor- horrible divorce, yeah. and uh, obviously that took its toll. And I, I, I thought I was strong enough to handle it, and it wasn't. And the last thing on my mind right now, to be honest, is that transfer window. Got a busy schedule. It was tough to come back during the stretch. Um, yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about. You know, it's difficult when you. Uh, you know, have a couple injuries and uh, trying to get fitness. You know, we don't have enough training, so uh, it's just games, and you got to fight through it and hopefully get some uh, points out of the games we're playing. Speaking of the Open Cup, you've been a part of the other team's two first uh, two games in that. Uh, any thoughts? Looking forward to that game on Tuesday. Yeah, obviously, uh, I think we're going down to win it. You know, it'd be nice to get in four finals this year. But I think everyone's minds on that MLS Cup, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I know mine is. And that was uh, Revolution striker Taylor Twelman, uh, who again scored the first goal in this one, uh, getting the start after. Uh, he did, as you mentioned, played in the Super League again, but this was his first actual start coming back from this injury. Um, so it was good to see him get on the score sheet. Um, wasn't involved too much, really, for the rest of the match, but uh, as he said, disappointing that, that the game ended the way it did. But uh, not to be unexpected after what we saw. I mean, after what we've seen in the past when the Revs, I believe after they played the, I think you mentioned it actually, after they played... Uh, the Open Cup final in Dallas and won that. Then they went and played Chicago and lost 2-1 to one in a similar situation there. So uh, can't say that I didn't expect the Revs to have a little bit of a letdown after that, but the way it happened, I'd say, is very disappointing. Um, we also talked to Senna Niasi. I don't know. We mentioned the foul. Uh, it seemed like a red card to me. What, what were your thoughts on that play? I thought it was a pretty clear-cut red card, as did everybody else in the stadium, all 20,000 of us amateur referees sitting in the seats out there. But... Um, we were confused by it. I mean, obviously we didn't have a great angle at it, being only about 8 feet off the field and 45 yards away, but from where we were sitting, it sure looked like it was a straight red card foul. And then he got a yellow card just about a couple minutes later for, uh, did, it, did he even touch Blanco on there? Blanco, when he challenged for the ball, Blanco went down. I didn't see much contact there. I mean, I didn't get a good view of that, but it seemed like a soft yellow card, if even a foul there. I haven't seen the replays of that one, but from what I uh, read in the match report, that it was a studs-up tackle over the ball. At least that's how it's being reported. I can't I can't speak to the veracity of that assertion. Yeah, I, I won't have to see that one again, because what, what, what I saw didn't look like much, but I, again, I admittedly did have a poor view of that. But we did talk to uh, Niasi after the match and what he thought of those two plays, um, his opinion on what, what happened there. Seems like the the more games you play, uh, the more frustrated these teams are getting against you. And um, I think that's true uh, because the way things are going all the time. When I, when I get the ball, I always get like three men on me, so it's always getting hard. And, 
and uh, a lot of fouls and against me so I think they're getting used to me but I, I, I'll work on it still work on it because sometimes when I, I get the ball and they're like three men or four always pass it and run for the second ball and it always work and I think I think I'll work on it do you think that tackle deserved a red card? The one that yeah, that was a red card. That was a, it was a red card. I was surprised when I saw the yellow card coming out. So because it was deliberate, because he thought I fouled Blanco and I get get the ball and trying to go at their defender. So he came in with two feet. That was a red card. And then on the play where you received a yellow, it didn't really seem like you had much contact. More Blanco going down pretty easily. Blanco, yeah, I think the referees. I don't know, but. If you touch him, they're always trying to protect Blanco. You touch Blanco, you get a red yellow card, and always they they give him far. Always, they always give him free kicks. And it seemed like you guys were pretty much in control of this one until that the red card to Joseph. I think we are in control of the game till when the red card came out. Then they're trying coming at us. I think we 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 are really handling them, and the referee messed that he messed the game. So I think when we get the red card, that was the time that. They started coming at us. And you got a quick turnaround, then you go right into playing uh, DC in the US Open Cup semifinals. So, not a lot of time to think about this one. Um, I think playing more games is always like frustrating, and if you don't have like healthy players, it's always difficult. And right now, we have two, two players out, and we're going to DC to play the US Open Cup. From there, we have to go to and San Jose. I think it, it will be a tough, 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 tough road, but hopefully, we'll work on it. I want to get right into Shari Joseph here and his thoughts on the red card because I do want to talk a little bit about that Open Cup semifinal. But here's uh, Joseph's thoughts and uh, what was going through his head when he got that red card. Yeah, it was definitely no discussion about it. It was our ball. Yeah. I just wanted to grab it away from Blanco and play quick. Yeah. And I don't think it's a second yellow, especially when Cigaris two foot Sammy like 10, 15 minutes before that and get a yellow for that. It's not the same standard he said. And you gotta be if you're gonna give me a red card on my second yellow for that, then give Cigaris his red card. So I just think it's inconsistent on his part, and we gotta do something about it. But at the end of the day, I gotta be smarter and make better decisions. Don't jeopardize the team and don't put ourselves in that kind of position with a man down where we lead and want nothing. You surprised that he called it on you? Uh, yeah, we at home, and you don't give somebody a second yellow like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get a first yellow, which was soft, and then a second yellow yeah. like that. So it's kind of hard, but at the end of the day, I'll say it's my stupidity. I still got to make better decisions and don't put my team in jeopardy like that. Yeah, before then, they weren't doing much at all offensively. You guys had kind of better run of play throughout. I know. We were solid in the back. We just didn't have, didn't give them much chances. Even though we played on Tuesday, we was a little bit tired. The guys' legs were heavy, but... And then we stayed compact and we stayed tight and we stayed together as a team and we won nothing up with Taylor first goal early. We definitely would just sat back and defend it and be happy to get out here with three points. Again, that was Revolution midfielder Shari Joseph who uh, almost had a goal just before that red card too. Uh, got on the end of another Steve Rossing uh, free kick as you mentioned earlier. Headed it down, bounced just high of the bar. So you know that how could that certainly could have changed things too, put the game away and you know maybe that you know, frustration there that he had in that throw on might not have happened if. How that happened, who knows? But uh, again, Shari Joseph on the red card there. We did also talk to Matt Reese uh, and kind of got his take on you know what happened on those two goals. Obviously, second half the referee kind of made his presence felt. Uh, any thoughts on that? Or? Yeah, I just you know I, w- I wish it was just consistent. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna give guys yellow cards for kicking the ball away or interfering with the ball, then do it the whole game. Don't do it you know one time and don't do it when it's you know a, a 50-50 call where it could have gone either way. You know, if you probably look at the tape, it you know could have been even our ball. So just you know, it seems like every time we play Chicago, the, the referee's involved and. It's unfortunate because you, you can't have the referee change the game. Matt, the second goal, did you feel like you had possession of it? I, I did, yeah. You know, I I had both hands on the ball, and you know, he came in just straight legged and you know, cleat showing. So, you know, anywhere else on the field, that's that's a foul, and you know, I don't think he was in a good position to see it. That first goal, the ball just kind of buckled. No, it just it knuckles. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a free shot from uh, you know, 25, 30 yards out, and. Started all the way to my left and then kind of came back to my right. So, you know, I'd like to have that one back, but oh well. Not a lot of time to think about this one because you have the Open Cup game, the semifinal right on Tuesday. Right, exactly. You know, there's, there's no rest. We have, we're, For the next, I think, month and a half, we have midweek game, weekend game. So, you know, we just got to chalk it up and look at our mistakes and try and eradicate them. 
Again, that was Revolution goalkeeper Matt Reese on uh, last night's poor performance there where the Revs gave up the one nothing lead late in the match and you know, the red card and then Reese's mistakes on those goals. But we are going to take a, another quick break here so we can talk a little bit about the upcoming schedule the Revs have, uh, starting off with the Tuesday night game against D.C. United, the U.S. Open Cup semifinal. National Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue joined today in the studio by Adam Sell. Uh, we wanted to get right into that Open Cup game coming up. Uh, obviously, D.C. produced some very good games against the Revs in the past. Here's another semifinal, but uh, it doesn't sound like we're going to be seeing the Revs' best 11 out there. Uh, Doug Warren, Matt, I mean, Steve Nichols told us that Doug Warren would be getting the start in this one, so um, probably good to give Matt Reese a little time off after the mistakes he's made in the past couple of games. Um, but, again, Doug Warren getting the start. Shari Joseph, he said, will be playing. We do have uh, comments from Steve Nichols, and they might give you a better indication that we can uh, come back and dissect a little bit about what he has to say and you know, see who, he might be, who might be featuring on this upcoming match uh, against D.C. United. Mix the roster up a little, give, give some guys uh, some work down in D.C.? Yeah, I mean, we've got, we got a lot of tired, tired players, so... But in saying that, you know, Open Cups, you know, we won it last year, we, we want to defend it. Uh, and, we'll, you know, the team that goes out on the field is going to do that. Is Shari a possibility since he will be on? Yeah, Shari will be playing, yeah. So uh, how does this Open Cup rate in importance? Obviously, as you said, you won it last year uh, compared to you know, some of the other tournaments that you're in. Well, you know, the, it's up there with the rest of them. To be honest, MLS Cup, MLS Cup is always the most important. It's it's their bread and butter. Uh, but certainly the Open, the Open Cup is one of the ones next in line. So, you know, we, we want to do well. We want to win the game. And obviously we're playing DC, it's good rivalry. So, you know, we're going to, to try and win the game. Was there a lot of mid-season effort putting into win the Super League or that you want to kind of rest some of you guys right now? I mean, it looked like that was a real, real tough effort. Yeah, I don't... I, I, it's not a question of... It's not a question of just taking guys out and resting. I think, I think we want to put on a few what we think is going to be fit and able to do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, that's, that's what we'll do. But you're going to rest mass, so you're going with with Doug and Gold. Yeah, I mean Dougie's. You know, we, we, we said from the start that, that Dougie would uh, have the open cup. And we'll stick with that. It's, it's good for him to get. You know, he's been a he's been a good pro. It's it's tough when you're behind somebody like Matt Reese, who's so consistent and you know obviously he hasn't been injured touch wood. So it's real hard for it's been hard for Dougie just sitting in the wings all the time. Uh, so you know he deserves he deserves to, to play in this game. Obviously going back to DC where he came from is um, an extra incentive. He'll step in and do well Tuesday. Absolutely no doubt about that. 
what's the status of uh, Mansali and Dubey? Yeah, they're still injured. Still injured, yeah. And uh, Wells Thompson, uh, he was on the bench last night, but he wasn't here today. Yeah, he's had a he's had a virus last week. Um, you know, he missed the Houston game because of it, and because we have, you know, a game Sunday and a game Tuesday, and, and, and you know, Tuesday is obviously more important. Uh, so we decided just to leave him, leave him out today if need be. He could have given us some time last night, but we didn't feel as though we needed it. But certainly he didn't play today because we're keeping him. For, he'll be playing on Tuesday. Is there anywhere on when you get back Parkhurst, should the USG eliminate in a group stage, you'll be back in time for the San Jose game if they're eliminated? Or? Yes. Again, it'll just be a question of what sort of physical condition he's in, you know? Yeah. It's a bit of a jaunt from uh, BJ <laughs> to San Jose. That was Rev's uh, head coach, Steve Nickel, looking forward a bit to the game with DC. But uh, some interesting things in there. Uh, Wells Thompson, uh, talking about his, his virus there, uh, interesting that he was... Talking about the Houston match, where uh, it seemed like Niasi was pretty tired towards the end there, not defending as well. And I think a lot of people wanted to see probably Wells Thompson come in there, but uh, interesting to hear that he had that virus, and that was probably the reason he did not. That would be my guess, and I actually was in favor of a potential Niasi for Thompson swap there sometime in the second half, or even since we did have our substitutions late in the game going into the overtime to see Wells Thompson's energy running up and down that flank there just to match Kano Smith on the other side who came in at some point during the game there to really wreak some havoc on on excuse me on Houston's back line. Yeah, but it's good to see that he'll be back and you know playing in this Open Cup game. Uh we've seen the Rebs put out the really the reserves squad and there are two first op- two first round and second round Open Cup games for the Rebs. Um and in those games uh Thompson I believe was out injured for at least one of them. Kano Smith was out. A lot of these guys were out, so at least now, you know, if they're playing a mix of starters and reserves, uh, these reserve players are guys like Kano Smith and Wells Thompson, um, more than guys like Sam Brill that have no first-team experience. So um, it's not going to be an easy game against D.C., but then again, D.C. played today, lost 4-1, to one, and really played all their starters. So uh, D.C. only has one day in between this, you know, in their game today and the Open Cup uh, semifinal. So it should be interesting to see what both the Revs play and D.C. play going into that game. I'll be particularly curious to see what kind of a mix the Revolution put out there after the two days off, after you know two games in a week. I'll be real interested to see how many starters are out there. As uh, Coach Nichols said, Shalry Joseph is going to be featuring in the middle considering he's not going to be able to play the following league game against San Jose. But I'd be interested to see if Taylor Twelman, since he did play the full 90 but not the full stretch of the game the game before if he will make an appearance if Adam Christman's going to be out there considering Kelly Dubé is not available if we're going to see a completely makeshift midfield and front line or if it's going to be mostly starters with a couple of substitutions there yeah certainly if uh if both uh Dubé and Mansali are both out you're gonna have to see one of Twelman or Christman at least because the Revs don't have really any, any other forward options they have Manzanelli who's really a midfielder but can play at forward and you know plays at forward for the reserves when they when they need him but um, actually, Manzanelli didn't play at all, I believe, today in the reserve match, which is interesting to note. Um, so it should be interesting to see what goes on there. Uh, the reserves today actually um, starting off pretty well against Chicago, getting a goal through Joe Germanis, which is which is a very nice uh, play by him, you know, running forward from nearly midfield and then chipping it over the keeper. But then uh, at halftime, they said that nearly the entire lineup and brought in all guest players. Uh, one good thing to see, though, Gary Flood back in as a sub in this game. So. Uh, he's probably getting close. To, he's obviously getting close to returning for the Revs, um, but I think that was an indication there, seeing all those guys subbed out, that some of those guys are likely going to feature in this match. Um, guys like Sam Brill, who were subbed out of the half. Um, so I think that's probably a good indication that some of these reserve players are likely to, to feature prominently in this game. Absolutely, and even though I'm not one of Gary Flood's biggest supporters, it'll be good to have him back available for midfield and defensive rotations. Especially in this Open Cup game, I'd rather have a guy like you know him out there that's had some MLS experience than some of these guys that you know haven't seen a lot of time. So, uh, really, will be interesting to see what these two teams play, and uh, interesting to see if the Revs can get off a victory with not their best eleven, as we've seen in the two opening rounds. So, yeah, I will be interested to see it, see even DC's lineup, because I believe we discovered that there are at least two different players that they've got in there starting rotation of players that are not going to be eligible to play for D.C. in this tournament, not to mention that they've come off a game just today, and they have to turn around, play again tomorrow, day after tomorrow, excuse me. And both of these teams obviously coming off losses, the Revs and D.C., so a little motivation there to come back and do better. But those two players, Joe Vide and Yvonne Guerrero, are two guys that 
they traded for recently from San Jose, uh, played for San Jose in the Open Cup, so they're cup-tied and they can't play in this one. Uh, and those are two guys that have been starting for them now, so the, so even if they want to play their best 11, they can't. So it should be interesting to see what happens there. Jaime Moreno came off at halftime today in this match. Maybe that's an indication that they were at least wrestling a couple of guys, giving a couple of guys some time off to play in the semifinal. So DC's obviously had a good history in the Open Cup, too, having won it a couple times as well. They have, and there's also another thing that could potentially be going for the Revs in that DC is also going to be traveling from an away game to come back and play on Tuesday yeah. for the Open Cup. We do have to wrap things up now. We'll be back next week right here on WNRI AM 1380. Make sure to check out the archives at revolutionrecap.com and latest Rev news at blog.revolutionrecap.com. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and thanks to Adam for coming in the studio. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.